KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Art Power is presenting Indian fusion band Red Bharat, mixing Indian bhangra rhythms, hip-hop, and funk music, March 23rd at the Epstein Family Amphitheater. Tickets and information about upcoming concerts and events at artpower.ucsd.edu. Good morning. I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Monday, March 27th. Protesters demand freedom for Belarusians. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. SDSU on Friday announced water samples collected in the Exercise and Nutritional Science Annex building contain a low number of Legionella pneumophila bacterial cultures. That bacteria can cause Legionnaire's disease. It was found in the Annex building, but not in the main ENS building. Both buildings have been closed since February 13th, when it was discovered a professor had contracted Legionnaire's disease. On March 7, SDSU confirmed that ENS professor Michael Pionel died from the disease. Both buildings are being disinfected. A reopening date has not yet been set. San Diego County's unemployment rate remained at 3.7% last month, unchanged from January. That's according to figures released Friday by the State Employment Development Department. Between January and February, nearly 8,000 jobs were added. The leisure and hospitality sector saw the largest increase in jobs. February's unemployment rate was less than February 2022's rate of 4.1%. Calling all foodies, it's San Diego Restaurant Week. More than 200 restaurants and breweries across the county are participating, offering different deals. This is the 20th year of the San Diego Restaurant Week, and this year, Poway-based company Chef Works will donate $2 per diner, defeating San Diego up to $10,000. That will help fund the organization's hunger relief and food rescue programs. Restaurant Week runs through Sunday. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, hosting an open house to learn about the upcoming classes and seminars, member benefits, and meet the volunteer leadership team, Saturday, March 30th. Registration at extendedstudies.ucsd.edu slash O-L-L-I. Belarusians in San Diego made their opposition to President Lukashenko's support of Vladimir Putin loud and clear over the weekend by holding a protest in Balboa Park. Reporter Claire Strong spoke with one of the organizers. Do not give up. Do not be in depression. Just keep your hope and help each other. That's Dmitry Skorobogati's message to the people of Belarus, many of whom are too afraid to speak out against President Alexander Lukashenko. Saturday's rally marked the 105th anniversary of the country's independence, but it was also a chance to denounce Lukashenko's cozy relationship with Russia and to demand freedom for Belarusians. Skorobogati, who moved to San Diego 16 years ago, says they just want basic democratic rights. We're the people who wants to live in a freedom country, who wants to follow all democracy values and uh, who deserved uh, better life than uh, we have right now. Alexander Lukashenko, whose re-election in 2020 sparked international outrage, has been in power for almost 30 years, making him Europe's longest-serving president. Class Strong, KPVS News. 
Unstable soil underneath Reynolds Elementary School in Oceanside closed the school and parents are learning where their children will be transferred at the end of this school year. Students and staff will be filtered into three different schools, Libby, Del Rio, and Fusat Elementary. Parents have until April 21st to choose a different school in the district. In a meeting late last week, parents like Kathy Wheeler raised concerns about transportation. Asking all these kids to walk up big hills, down big hills, across busy streets, everywhere, and offering no transportation is absolutely devastating. Please, please look into transportation. Board clerk Mike Blessing came up short on a good solution. I don't have the answer for transportation for you. I'm going to ask you to just stick with us as you go through the selection of the school that makes sense for you in the next couple of months, and we'll see what we can come up with. But I, I, I cannot promise that to you at all come August. It just is not feasible for us to do that. If we can get something going at the state level, there's maybe hope there. Blessing says transportation isn't likely to be extended soon, but the district will explore creative options with the support of parents. In other education-related news, the Cal State University system just introduced a new option for high school graduates who want a guaranteed acceptance after completing community college. Education reporter M.G. Perez explains. The Cal State program is called the Transfer Success Pathway and will launch with this spring's graduating high school class of 2023. Graduated students can make an agreement with any of the CSU campuses to finish their associate's degree within three years, meet community college transfer requirements, and then receive a guaranteed acceptance. There will also be a mobile app for easy access to Cal State resources starting next fall. April Gromo is vice chancellor of CSU Enrollment Services. We really wanted to produce a portal that was flexible and met students wherever they are. So if they work and they wanted to look at their requirements at two o'clock in the morning, they're able to do that. The new pathway program was prompted by a state law passed in 2021 designed to make college transfers in California easier. M.G. Perez, KPBS News. Coming up. Arts reporter Beth Hakamondo tells us about the connections between San Diego Opera's latest production and Star Wars. We'll have that story and more just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu. So loca means so crazy, but when you spell it S-E-W loca, then it's a lifestyle brand created in a San Diego neighborhood. Reporter Kitty Alvarado introduces us to the woman behind it. On a colorful street in Barrio Logan, you'll find a little sewing shop called Soloca. And once the shop's roll-up door goes up, Hi. you never know what fashion designer Claudia Rodriguez Bezensky is up to. On this day, she's recreating. You see, everything made at the shop is made out of fabric 
that was once something else, what she calls slow fashion. This blanket is now trash because it has a hole. Like how can we add like something cool so people could now be interested in it again? Sustainable fashion is something we hear a lot about. Coming from a family where it's like there was a lot of us, you know, I'm, I'm one of six kids, you know, um, it was really difficult for my mom to be able to like afford things. And so um, we would go thrifting and I would uh, buy jeans and cut them up and turn them into something else. And so really like the, the cultural part of like recycling has always been one of my things. When she moved to San Diego, she just went for her dream. And so Loca, the brand was born. I've always kind of had like that really like punk rock like style and all that. And so everyone would always be like, you're so crazy, you're so crazy. And so when we decided to open up the business, we were like, we should call it So Loca. And my husband was like, oh my God, that's such a great idea. She's built a brand making one of a kind wearable art inspired by her rich cultural heritage and Chicano identity, a combination of Mexican and American. People would kind of look at us a certain kind of way because we were speaking Spanish. I struggled with that a lot, you know. When I went to Guadalajara to go see the ranch where my parents grew up, you know, I was like, I'm Mexican. And my cousins are like, you're American. And I was like, what? And so, like, that sense of, like, not being able to belong, right, where you're, you're a pocha. And her bestseller combines phrases with the Virgen de Guadalupe. She says the Catholic symbol was everywhere growing up in the San Fernando. Valley and resonates with people like her. Even though some people might not be religious, they still utilize the Virgencita as like a cultural image. And so for me, like putting like phrases across, like we have some that say like Morena, we have some that say uh, Brown AF, putting it like on a shirt. I want people to feel like, yes, I'm brown. And, you know, and I feel very proud of that. She's become quite the entrepreneur and part of a collective that helps promote other female artists, and businesses. She even hosts her own podcast. Especially like being a woman and a brown woman, you know, in business, like how could we uplift each other? In October, Nike came calling. This high school dropout is here at Nike. Gonna talk to a bunch of designers. So imagine how I feel. I'm gonna cry. She says her life could have easily gone down the wrong path if she hadn't believed and worked hard to build her dream. For me, sewing, I feel like it saved my life. You know, like I was a troubled youth. I was like headed into like the wrong direction and it gave me self-worth because I could make things and that made me feel special. And she can now proudly say that crazy Chicana punk rocker from the Valley did good. She credits everyone from her abuelita father, mother, brothers and sisters, but especially Barrio Logan, a community that embraced her, who she compares to pieces of fabric. Because much like her art, you're basically able to sew things together and keep them like strong. And I think that that's community, right? Like being able to like sew little pieces together. Kitty Alvarado, KPBS News. San Diego Opera is showcasing modern operas and even a world premiere one next month. But it's also showcasing grand opera with its production of Puccini's Tosca. Arts reporter Beth Accomando takes us behind the scenes of this beloved classic and introduces us to the Darth Vader of opera. 
When Darth Vader first appears in Star Wars, John Williams' score tells you everything you need to know. Well, opera's been doing the same thing for centuries. Close your eyes and listen to Puccini's music in Tosca. You don't have to see Scarpia enter to know he's just like Darth Vader. Yeah, with the cape and the whole thing, yes, exactly. (laughs) And his minions that sort of push everybody aside, yeah, it is... Very much like Darth Vader, actually. Alan Hicks is directing San Diego Opera's production of Tosca. From the moment he walks in, you are afraid of him. And everyone on stage is afraid of him. And even the people who aren't afraid of him are still afraid of him. You very seldom get an entrance like that. Baritone Greer Grimsley returns to sing the role of the corrupt head of police, Scarpia. And I just make the most of it. And Hicks loves what Grimsley brings to the role. He's very statuesque, and so he brings this physical presence to the role, this sort of ominous physical presence. But he also brings this very calculating, um, some of his looks and some of his pensiveness on stage, you really see into his brain, and you see him calculating his next move. And that, from an acting standpoint, is just gold for Scarpia. It's a character we love to hate, says Grimsley. He's a very educated man. You would not expect someone to be as villainous as he is with as much education as he has. He believes he's doing the right thing, which garners him a certain amount of privilege along the way. So the privilege is the parentheses around his permission to clean out the revolutionaries. And so he enjoys what he does, but he doesn't see it as villainous. And I think If you play any villain, bad guy, as someone who is just a bad guy, then you lose a certain amount of interest. But neither Grimsley nor Tosca let us lose interest. The opera serves up melodrama on a compelling, larger-than-life scale. The story is set against political turmoil in Rome in 1800. We have a fiery diva named Tosca, her idealistic lover, and the sadistic Scarpia. Hicks describes Scarpia as a complex character. I feel like he truly is a believer that the papal state, the church state, is the righteous way. But he's also a human being, which means he has flaws. And that's where Grimsley sees the timelessness of the story. It's about the abuse of power. It's about the abuse of privilege. It's a cautionary tale for all of us that when someone is in too much power politically, and it's not necessarily the leader, that the whole civilization can or the whole society can go off kilter. That might sound very familiar to those of us who've witnessed America's political scene recently. But for Hicks, it's also important to keep the opera set in 1800, as Napoleon is bringing ideas of freedom and liberty to challenge an oppressive regime. But just because it's set a long time ago, doesn't mean it can't resonate for a modern audience, says Hicks. One sovereign power encroaching on another. Religious fervor, corruption in power, uh, I think all of these things are common themes, so it's very easy to understand what's happening. There's no uh, existentialism. It's pretty straightforward. 
because it's about very primal things like love, murder, betrayal, passion, rebellion, just like Star Wars. I mean, there's a reason it was called a space opera. So while you might not see Scarpia as Vader's father, I see a distinct lineage and think that's worth celebrating. Beth Accomando, KPBS News. Beth also spoke to director Alan Hicks in more depth about the historical aspects of Tosca and why they're important to keep intact. Alan, this year, San Diego Opera is premiering a number of new operas, a world premiere for one. And they're also including some grand opera as well. Why is it important for an opera company to kind of keep this mix going? Well, I think new operas are very important, especially given our audience is aging. And in order to pull in new subscribers and younger people interested, we have to tell them new stories and we have to talk to communities that are underrepresented. So Frida Diego, the idea behind the piece is that we wanted a new piece. It was a world premiere. And it's important to not just speak to a new generation with new music, but also to speak to them with new stories and old stories retold in a new way. And and I think that's very important. However, I do believe that when you program in an opera company, it is important to give everyone something. And so doing a piece like Tosca or Suor Angelica is crucially important, but mixing that with new works is really also important. And you will be directing Tosca for the first time. So coming to it, how did you feel? Was there something you were particularly excited about or challenged by? Well, this is probably tied for my favorite Puccini. I feel like this is the piece where Ilica and Giacosa, the two librettists, and Puccini hit their highest point. I'm going to say something which I'm going to regret later. It's it's an easy piece to direct because it is so perfectly laid out dramatically and musically. It's what I would consider a um, genre of opera that is historical fiction. It's fictional relationship, but it occurs and it's centered around historical events in a historical time period. And being a history nerd myself, I love delving into all of that history and sort of bringing that to the stage. Uh, one of my favorite things and one of the things that hooked me on opera early was listening to the Te Deum for the very first time. And how beautifully Puccini, in the middle of all this, captured this religious celebration. They come to the church to actually celebrate the victory in the Battle of Marengo, which turns out later to not have happened. But it's the music, the organ, there's cannons going off, and then Scarpia's down in a, in a dark corner saying things that he should not be saying in church. And seeing that other side of his character, even in this religious space. And it's just, that is the thing that pulled me in. And you mentioned history. What aspects of history would you like audiences to kind of be aware of coming into this play? Well, this takes place at a time before the unification of Italy. It's a time when Rome is a papal state. It's much bigger than it is now. It has now shrunk down to a couple of city blocks which we call the Vatican, but before it was its own papal state. And it's also at a time when Napoleon is bringing his ideas of what they would call liberalism or freedom and democracy before he became an emperor. So he is encroaching upon Rome. One of the most important 
aspects of the piece is it centers around a battle, Battle of Marengo, in which Napoleon was considered defeated, but then he, it turned out that he was the victor. So there is a dramatic arc in the piece that talks about the Battle of Marengo, that Napoleonism is coming, what uh, the sacristan refers to as Voltarianism, which is this idea of freedom and liberty and not being in a a church state, but having freedom and liberty to do as you please. And that's what Napoleon is bringing. And there are sympathizers in Rome at the time. Our lead, our tenor, Cavaradossi, is one of them. And he actually is trying to help that idea come into Rome. So that's a very important part. That's one of the reasons I feel like it's very difficult to do Tosca in a different era than it's set, because June 14th, 1800 is when the Battle of Marengo happened. And so if you set that in the 1900s, Napoleon wasn't alive, so it doesn't make any sense. And so the whole discussion of the Battle of Marengo and the important information that comes out of that that pushes the drama forward doesn't exist, really. Thank you very much for talking about Tosca. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. That was Beth Accomando speaking with Alan Hicks. Sedio Opera's Tosca opened on Saturday and will have three more performances through next Sunday at the San Diego Civic Theater. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great Monday. KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota Dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota. Let's go places.